All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Sign up for the YouTube channel. Subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, comment down below, and upvote the video itself. We would appreciate it very much. I'm here with Derek Vandegrift for your weekend preview of Ole Miss baseball with the Purdue Boilermakers coming to town. And I guess the question that, that first comes to mind, Derek, is if we sweep this series, where are we going to finish in the Big Ten this year? Yeah, man. If I think if we end up playing in the Big Ten, you know, we we might end up setting a a record high for conference wins this year. Uh, the the way we're running through them right now, you know, Maryland's kind of the best they have to offer, and we've taken three out of four from them. And uh, you know, Nebraska's a pretty good Big Ten team. Then you put up an eight spot in the first inning against them. So yeah, I kind of feel like we would run through that conference pretty good if we were actually in it. Unfortunately, we're not. We're in the SEC, where things aren't near that easy. So we're, we're going to have a little bit of a dog fight on our hands. And props to the Minnesota Golden Gophers because they were by far the Ole Miss's toughest game this weekend. Yeah, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. had, had two home runs all year going into that weekend, and they hit, what, two or three against us, right? So I, I'm not sure if I should be giving them props or giving our pitching staff hell one of the two. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that was definitely something I didn't expect come uh, Saturday. They won all three games, which is something that Vanderbilt cannot say, though. That's right. That's right. Those uh, who who was it got them Hawaii, right? Didn't Hawaii beat them? Is that who it was? Yeah, I or think was so. It, uh, it was or, or, or no, Nebraska. Nebraska, Nebraska got, got them. That, that's what it was because us and Nebraska were undefeated right there. But yeah, oh, uh, Hawaii ended up getting Maryland. That's what I was thinking. Maryland okay. went zero three this weekend. Really? Who who's the other? Oh, they lost to Vandy, us, and Hawaii. Vandy. Okay. Uh huh. That's right. Well, um. Uh, Tell me about the Purdue Boilermakers. What do we need to know? Uh, Man, you know, I've kind of started digging into their schedule, and it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen it before. They they haven't played any midweek games, okay? It's all on the weekend, but it's four game sets on the weekend. They pick a day to do a double header, and so, like, the, the first weekend, it was uh, Holy Cross. They played Friday, two on Saturday, and then again on Sunday. And then the ever-powerful New Jersey Institute of Technology, which they went two and two against. Uh, doubleheader Friday, single game Saturday and Sunday. And then Akron went three and one against them with the doubleheader Saturday. So they're playing four-game series in three days. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, all at home, though. So this is going to be their, their first road trip coming down to Oxford, Mississippi. So, uh, you know, God bless those Boilermakers having to make that trip after – you know, the powerhouses of Holy Cross in Jet and Akron. Well, um, what does that mean for them? Are they a pitching team? Are they a hitting team? Um, even, you uh, yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, they they hit it a ton. That's that's kind of what they do. They they lost most of their pitching from last year. They're kind of having to break in a few guys. Uh, and, and it's kind of hard to follow the pitching staff because of that crazy schedule. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there trying to pick through game logs and stuff like that and figure out Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because they haven't announced it quite yet uh now call stevens that's the friday night guy he's gonna get the ball first game of every series for him he's uh a low 90s pitcher a good breaking ball slider he throws up there is able to get people out um he's more of a pitch to contact guy though he's not gonna get a lot of stuff by he's only struck out seven guys in a little over 15 innings uh but he, he doesn't allow a whole lot of uh contact and stuff like that though or, or hits i guess i should say he, he allows a lot of contact but Ends up resulting into outs. 3.52 ERA. He's been fine so far this year. Uh, he's a sophomore from the right side, you know. So uh, 
I think the Rebels will be able to handle him well, and it really gets dicey after that from a pitching staff because the second-best pitcher I can find is a guy that not only starts for him, but he closes at the same time, Aaron Savall. He comes in, and he's he started a game uh, against Injet and ended up picking up the win, and then the next day he comes in to close it out to pick up the save. So they just kind of throw him in there where wherever they think they need him at, right, whether it be starting, closing. Uh, but he's he's a guy that uh, I think it was like a .84 batting – or .084 batting average on the year. He allowed two hits all year and a little over nine innings. Uh, his problem is he gets a little bit wild. He this player. Uh, but a guy that they're not scared to throw in there in any situation to try to get to those 27 outs that you're always trying to get to in baseball. It's kind of the magic number, and that's a guy that can eat up a few for you. He came in and threw, I think it was three or four innings when he started, and then uh, when he ended up getting the save, he come in and threw the last two. So it's definitely not a workload concern for him. You know, they're just going to throw him in there wherever they can. And another guy they seem to throw out there a good bit is John Blackwell. Uh, he's He's gotten three starts for him so far in the first three weekends this year. Pitched pretty well, 293 ERA, 18 strikeouts in 15 innings. Uh, that's going to be their left-hander that we see this weekend. So, you know, that's kind of the Furnaces, Calarco, McCants, those guys, Jacob Gonzalez. That's kind of where you think that, that he's going to come in and try to neutralize them. And, by the way, the way those guys are swinging the bat, good stinking luck neutralizing those guys, especially Calarco and Gonzalez right now. They're on a completely another planet. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the thing with the makers. They got to try to figure out their pitching staff and uh, credit to their coach. They're you know he's trying a lot of different things. He's not sticking with the traditional rotations and ways of doing it. He's just trying to find 27 outs. You know it, it kind of remind me a lot of Mike Bianco last year when we went into such a skid there towards the uh, middle of the conference season where he just kind of threw starting pitching out the window and he'd start throwing guys out there and started counting outs. Uh, but, but yeah, it's a team that, that, that hits a ton. That's that's what's going to carry them. Uh, last year, if I'm not mistaken, they started off really, really well, and it's just because they were pulverizing people at the plate. Uh, they, they lost two or three guys from that offense, but but they got some guys that can still really hit it. They got Evan Archibald coming in. Uh, he's, he's a fifth-year senior playing shortstop. Dude's hitting 474 on the year. I mean, nobody can get this kid out, apparently. Now, he, he doesn't have a whole lot of pop. He's not sending it over fence. hasn't hit a home run yet this year. But, you know, if you're batting 474 and you've started every game this year, that that's pretty special right there. Uh, their big bop, bopper is Paul Totes. He's their uh, second baseman, oddly enough, and he's hitting 395. So, you know, you've got a, a 474 and a 395 there. Uh, but but he's already hit seven home runs this year. I mean, that's that's guy that can really put a charge into the ball. And, uh, and can get it out of here, especially getting down here in this nice Mississippi weather where it starts warming up a little bit, you know, that ball starts flying. So that's one guy you got to look out for. And Joe Stevens is a JUCO transfer that has really, really called on with them. You know, that's kind of our uh, Ethan Groff, Anthony Calarcos, the guys coming in and, and doing more than you probably even expected. You know, he's, he's playing third base for them, hitting 341. Only hit one home run, but he's on base a ton. Uh, and that's kind of their MO. That's what they did a lot last year. They, did, they didn't really hit it out of the park just a whole lot, but they got on bases an incredible clip, and they caused hell on the base paths, stealing bases and, and taking extra bases, balls in the dirt, stuff like that. Um, and that's kind of the Big Ten way of playing baseball, I guess. You know, it doesn't really work down here in the south, as Maryland found out, and now Nebraska and Minnesota too. So 
you know, I, I fully expect us to be able to handle these guys, hit it out of the park, and, and this pitching staff, that's, you know, that's a week, weekly talk between me and you right now is, is, is what this pitching staff's able to find out week after week, uh, especially going up against Southern Miss and then up in that tournament, stuff like that. You know, the competition's getting better, and these guys are, quite frankly, rising to the occasion for us. Yeah, honestly, this Ole Miss baseball team is doing what we thought last year's baseball team would do at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, uh, while the pitching staff kind of figured it out, we just assumed they would hit a ton. Last year, mm-hmm. that didn't really happen because, you know, Kevin Graham went down and things like that that kind of messed it up. But, I mean, this year, I think there's five or six players that are hitting around 400 at this point of the season. Yeah, just yeah. some absurd number. Yeah, yeah. We got four guys hitting 400 right now, and Anthony Clark goes right behind them hitting 390. You know, it's just – absolutely insane what we're doing at the plate right now and you know we we talked a lot last year you know about the offense not performing up to standards because we felt that it was too much pressure on them because they thought they had to score 10 12 runs a game because the pitching staff was so bad and i I kind of started getting worried that this team would start doing that because of how bad the pitching had been when we were walking you know six seven eight guys a game you know and they just got to scoring but it doesn't seem like that's uh, kind of gotten up on them so far you know they've kind of held their own and uh they've just kept hitting the ball over and over and over again they've been incredible yeah you know what's kind of interesting uh when it comes to this Ole Miss team and you know they have a chance to get Hunter Elliott and Riley Maddox this season that yeah that could be relevant and that, that is a big key and honestly this baseball team as good as they are that two pieces, if they can come back and be really good and be what they're supposed to be, I think this baseball team has a chance. If we get both of those guys back, we got more than a chance. I'd, I'd be surprised if we weren't the betting favorite. I think if you talk to anybody in the industry that covers college baseball day in and day out, they would tell you that right now we're two pitchers short of, of being able to reach the pinnacle and win another championship those two pitchers are dudes, okay? We we talked about it. I, I can't remember if it was on the Twitter space or if me and you talked about it last week on the podcast, but, you know, I'm, I'm about to come to the conclusion this is Mike Bianco's plan. He's going to hold Hunter Elliott till halfway through the conference season, just like he did last year, throw him in there. That way he's fresh for the rest of the season, then the postseason and all that. But Riley Maddox is the big one, right? You, you get Elliott back, put Doherty back in the bullpen, then you've got a – three-headed monster of uh, Maddox and Nichols and Doherty at the back end right there. And, man, you you are really cooking, especially with guys coming along with Takuian and uh, JT Quinn. I still think that's going to be a really big arm force later this year once he figures out how to pitch. You know, uh, he kind of hits a wall, it seems like, 55, 60 pitches. But that would play out of the bullpen, right? Uh, so, yeah, Maddox getting back in that bullpen and then Elliott getting back and getting Doherty back in the bullpen – uh, that that would be a huge shot in the arm for us right now, and you know, and 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 it, you kind of hate to see it because Doherty seems like he's kind of figuring it out a little bit on Friday nights, right? He he pitched really good for us last weekend, and but you knew that he could do that, and you know he'll do it out of the bullpen too, and that's kind of where we need it right now. So yeah, if we can get those two guys back, man, this this pitching staff has has a completely different outlook, and the upside of this team goes from. You know, a team that should probably still host a regional, maybe make a super regional, and then 
kind of flip a coin from there to possibly being the favorite in the entire country to go ahead and win the national championship if we can get them back. Yeah, and before I let you go um, out of here, I've been, as you know, a lifelong Detroit Tigers fan for about eight days. So I've watched every the spring. biggest one I've ever seen in my life. Yes, yeah, the, I've watched every spring training game since then. And in doing that, I noticed that in Major League Baseball, the running game is actually making a comeback. That people are trying to swipe yes. bags and steal stuff. And the college baseball, as we know, is a trickle down of the major leagues. So we, are we going to see not necessarily small ball, not Augie Garrido? I don't expect that to come back. But is there a chance for a little bit of a comeback for um, a smaller ball in college baseball? Oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I definitely think that's something you'll end up seeing, uh, you know, with the minor leagues and they're incorporating in the majors now with the bigger bases, right? That's that's one thing that's helping the running game. You know, you've got an extra two inches. I mean, just think about how many times they've had to go to review a play and somebody get tagged right before they get to the bag or they were there just in time, whatever. You, you get that extra two inches. That's really big with these kind of athletes, right? Um, that, the pitch clock, you know, you've got so many more things that the pitcher's having to worry about outside of, I'm going to sit here and hold this ball for 20 seconds and stare you down and make you walk back to the bag while he doesn't have to do anything, right? Um, and, and, and that's what makes baseball exciting, though. I understand why they're doing it and all that. So uh, I saw a stat today. I think it's up like 70-something percent so far this spring as far as the running game compared to last year in Major League Baseball. Uh, so the rule changes are working, you know. That's, that was the idea behind it. Um, but, yes, to answer your question, I do think you'll end up seeing a trickle-down of some kind to college baseball, too, though. You know, it's, that's just kind of how it works. What, whatever the minors and the majors end up doing, they try to incorporate it into the college game. Yeah, and the one thing that happens, only two disengagements per batter going over and throwing the ball over. If you throw to first yeah. base twice and you can't go back to first, that league gets big then. Because you We're can't done. risk throwing over there because yeah, if yeah. you don't get the guy out, it's a balk. He gets a free base. So it, it, I'm telling yeah. you, these yeah. new yeah. rules, they are fantastic for the fans. They are fantastic for the spectators. They yeah. are going to be absolutely hell on the players. For the players, yeah. Yeah, they're going to absolutely hate it. But, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to end up having to adjust and figure out how to, how to play with these new rules, though, because they do have to draw more people in because – there have been so many people that's gotten disinterested in baseball over the last, you know, like you said, since 94 with the strike and all. You know, that's kind of what got you out of it. And, uh, you know, they've they got to start getting those people back. Yeah, yeah. And Mark McGuire and Sosa didn't do it. But. 